Monday night, May 6th at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. You're invited to join athletes and celebs at the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame Enshrinement Dinner. Be there to celebrate this year's class featuring Olympic swimmer Jenny Thompson, San Jose Earthquakes legend Chris Wondolowski, Niners Super Bowl hero John Taylor, Sharks icon Patrick Marlowe, and the architect of the Giants dynasty, Brian Sabian. Be a part of this star-studded evening benefiting Special Olympics Northern California. To purchase tickets, visit Bayshoff.org. That's B-A-S-H-O-F.org. It's time for the Sharks Morning Skate with all the latest on San Jose Sharks hockey. Here are your hosts, Dan Rusinowski and Drew Ramenda. The Morning Skate comes to you from Long Island, and Drew, the San Jose Sharks, find themselves 0-4 to start the season. This is the time of the year where you just sort of have to take a deep breath for the first 10, 15, 20 games to figure out where you are. Where are the San Jose Sharks right now? Well, you and I talked about this right off the get-go. Um, what do we expect from the, the San Jose Sharks? What do we think is going to happen? And we both agree that this is going to be a team that's going to have to grow. And there's going to be some pains at the start. This is a team that's going to be different in November than they are in October. December versus what they are in November. It's going to be a team that as the season goes on, I believe, will get better. And we'll see growth in some individuals, and we'll see growth overall as the team. Um, where the San Jose Sharks are right now is we're seeing a terrific um, consistency from the third and fourth lines. Defense, got no problem with. Goaltending, I, I didn't think Capo played that well um, last game. Didn't give the team a save. James Reimer's been good. But where we're looking at with the San Jose Sharks is they need their leaders, their top guys, their top players to start contributing more and being more impactful on a consistent basis. They're a team that right now that they're inconsistent through their lineup as far as impact performance, and therefore we've seen that inconsistency transfer to the games. And um, in this league, you can't have your top guys not be at their top, at their best level and uh, not making an impact or making a negative one. But here's the weird thing though, Drew. Usually, and every coach I've ever talked to has always said, you know, not all 20 guys are going to be going every night. Right. It's just impossible. So you, you need about, out of your top guys, you need, you need three or four of them to keep going. The problem is, what is it about the top guys on this team right now? They're, they're, they all seem to be in the same place. None of them seem to be going. Yeah, they're, they're easing into games or else they're inconsistent in games you know a first period a good first period and then a terrible second one or invisible the first two and a little bit of a push in the third the and it manifests itself or shows itself I should say it's, it's in the power play your top guys get out there in the power play and then nothing happens on the power play it, they, they actually lose momentum on the well, Something happens on the yeah, problem. Yeah, you give yeah, up two exactly. shorties. Exactly. Against, against. That's, that's got to drive Brian Wiseman crazy. Oh, man. Drives, drives all coaches crazy. Drives everybody crazy, obviously. But that's consistency of effort. It's consistency of execution. And it is, it is not, to me, it's, it's a mental thing. Not being dialed in, ready to go, on the bench, you know, understanding what's going to happen. We were practice yesterday practice yesterday in, on Long Island. Um, I thought it was really good. 
What I liked about the practice yesterday was David Quinn stopping the drills a couple of times, talking about being in the right mindset. How many times did he stop? Twice he stopped two drills and he was, hey, hey, we got to play with pace. This has to be as game-like as possible. Sprint to the net. Exactly. Sprint to the net, stop the net. When it's five-on-five, game-like. And then during the power play, they worked on that power play and penalty kill. So the coaches are on top. I, I've been impressed with the coaches, and I know people will think, oh, Drew, you're always impressed. I am, because these are a bunch of smart guys, and they're working on it, and they, they're gonna, they changed up the breakout. The breakout was giving them some problems. They did it again yesterday at practice, where they want to come in with more uh, depth on the breakout. They want a guy in the middle, guy on the outside, guy on the boards, and get the puck off the yellow runner off the rim. They don't want to be rimming the puck all the time. So they're working on that. The coaches are addressing the issues. Now it's up to players to take that, absorb that. And t tonight, in tonight's game, they need to come out with that, with that game mentality where everybody, what do you, if you're not scoring, what are you doing? What do you do as a hockey player? It's a great question to ask a hockey player. What do you do? I remember in the Kevin Constantine era <laughs> that he would take certain guys aside and he would say, I want you to win 60% of your face-offs tonight. He would say, another one, I want you to have four or five body checks today. He'd say to another guy, I want you to make sure you don't turn over the puck in your own zone, that you're smart with your first pass out of the zone. Tell us about that whole thing. Yeah, we, for, for each guy, we, we set individual goals. We, we actually would hand out, we had a form that we handed out guys in, the, in, the, in their lockers, before their cubicles before the... Uh, before the game. That was Sergei Makarov's favorite part, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And he, we, we never read Sergei's besides because there were some, some Russian words we didn't understand, but I'm sure they were swear words. Um, yeah, we, we set goals for every guy. Uh, we, we had a bunch of role players. We had a bunch of guys we believed in that if you do this, you're going to be helping us. So, yeah, it, it helps to break down, without a doubt, um, what, what you need a player to do, what they understand the player to do and what you need to have them do for you if you're going to be successful. Let's talk about just being in the New York metropolitan yeah. area in October. I mean, <laughs> I, I went to the Ranger game the other night. Uh, Randy and I saw the Rangers blow out the Anaheim Ducks, so that's going to be an interesting portent of things to come at Madison Square Garden. But this Islander team, it's, it's interesting. It's kind of the opposite of the Sharks in that they didn't make any changes. They, yeah. They've got the same, whereas the Sharks made tons of changes. We, th we thought uh, of all the teams that were going to be really aggressive in a, in a very active summer that the Islanders, who had shown some growth, had been to the Eastern Conference Final two years in a row, had lost to Tampa two years in a row. We thought, you know, they were really close. Barry Trotz, one of the best coaches in the history of the National Hockey League, he leaves. Lane Lambert comes in, who was Barry's assistant for 15, 20 years, and it was time for, time for Lane to take over. We thought, okay, that's the first of the changes we we're going to see. Lou Lamorello, one of the famous general managers in the league, one of the best in the business, Definitely, we're going to make some changes, right? Going to go get some free agents. Nazim Kadri was tied in. Nazim Kadri was going to be the guy. Eh, eh. It was as quiet as could be here. Lou Amarello likes this, liked his team. He thought it just a different, like, different voice was going to be the difference. It's still the same message, basically, because it's Lane and Barry, but it's a different way of delivering, different way of working with the guys. So it's really interesting. They're a good five-on-five -five team. They work their tails off, which always has been a kind of a thing with the New York Islanders. Um, they're a team, though, that um, they've changed a little bit in the way they play defensively. Um, they've changed a little bit in the way that they play in their own in their own zone too. Like that's, those are two different things. Defensively in your own zone, 
believe me, defensively, as soon as you lose the puck, we've talked about this before, as soon as you lose the puck, you got to go get it. Neutral zone, defensive yeah, play huge. Exactly, yeah. They track back like Tampa does, uh, and in their own zone, they're, uh, they're more aggressive than they were last year. What do you think of this building? I like it. I like it. I don't like where it is, <laughs> but I like it. It's so, it was... Did you like the Nassau Coliseum location better? Yeah. I love that location. I don't know why. You know, you know New York better than I do. Like, what do you think of this? I think this, this is the best that they could do under the circumstances. And actually, it was kind of interesting because the Islanders originally wanted to redevelop the area That's where the Coliseum yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. And they got into a spat with the county about who was going to control what portion of the revenues of some of those things. No, you're kidding. No, I'm not surprised. But you, know what they, you know what they did that was nice? How they made the building, the outside of the building, look like the surrounding area where, where Belmont, because right side Belmont. And um, like the brick, I like I like the the facade of the building. It looks they fit it in nicely. Also, the the space underneath the loading oh dock is huge. Gosh, you can put another rink down there. You can put another rink down where the loading dock is. It's absolutely huge, folks. And I tell you what, if if you go to a lot of the NHL buildings, they forget about the loading dock. And it's it, it, this is fantastic. Bus drives down, turns around in there. They got they put two buses down there. It's amazing, absolutely amazing. Well, I, back to where they where they built it there. The reason why they that rink this rink ubs arena is technically in nassau county it's right on the border of queens right on the border yeah. of the borough of queens which is new york city yeah. but it's in nassau county which is critical for where their fan base really is right. it is an nhl rink i mean the old nassau was the old nassau and great history there but it is a it is a very very um modern rink and it's neat with those suites they're right down right down you just walk out and you're right there at your at your seat and it, on the on the ground level it's pretty cool pretty cool it's going to be a pretty cool game tonight we're going to have a a lot of action on the sharks audio network and we're looking forward to having you that's it for our morning skate for today you've been listening to the sharks morning skate make sure you're listening all season long to the latest sharks news and information right here on the san jose sharks audio network